The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest. W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. I am super excited for this episode because there's so much to discuss. First of all, I want to discuss Kim Kardashian and um, something that she had posted about being bullied in the media, plus all the stuff with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. So I will be doing that later on in the episode in the Spill the Tea segment, so hang around. But also, there is an amazing guest today, Brittany Lancaster from TikTok. We are diving into eating disorders, which is something that we haven't talked yet about on this podcast. And as always, I am going to do the Ask Alyssa segment with her, and she helps give some amazing advice. And then, you know, like I always do, I'll open up with a little personal life update. So welcome back. Happy Tuesday. Grab some tea. Get ready to spill it. Not literally, but figuratively. Um, I have Mackenzie here on the mic with me. Hi, Mackenzie. Hi, guys. So I just want to update everyone. I'm not going to lie. You know I like to keep it real. I'm not feeling good right now. Like, I've been having really bad anxiety, and I think it's because I just got my period this morning. Oh, yeah. That'll that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I'm like a little shaky. I didn't want to have too much caffeine this morning because they say caffeine makes anxiety worse. So I'm just kind of trying to be chill. I forgot my lip gloss. My lips are so chapped. (laughs) I just like don't feel cute. You know, it's just I have a huge I get um, hormonal acne. So usually I just get it on my chin, but I have a huge cystic acne on my nose. You guys could honestly probably see it on camera. It's like a growth. It almost looks like I have a tumor on the side of my no. nose because it's under my skin. Oh, oh, yeah. So yeah. it's like one of those big, like a crater, like yeah. just sitting there. It's huge. So I don't know. I'm just not feeling cute. I'm feeling puffy. I um, was with my college friends this past weekend, and every time I see them, it's so fun. We went out to an Italian restaurant, and like, it's really hard to eat gluten free when you're at a place like that. And I, I am gluten free. I don't know if I've told you guys this, but I have like a intolerance to gluten and it gives me a lot of inflammation. And I wanted to just like sometimes you just want to feel normal and you just want to eat what your friends are eating. So you do. But it messed me up the entire weekend because even though I was eating gluten free the other days, I still like. I feel puffy, like my skin feels different, just like I'm feeling kind of gross from that. So again, I just want to keep it real and let you guys know. Um, It's still going to be a fun episode though because I have really funny stories for you guys. Whenever I get back together with my college friends, it's like no time has passed. And we were actually saying, we were like, what's different about college friends is that they're your chosen friends. You're not friends with them because you grew up in the same area or because you were forced to be friends because your parents were friends. Like, Mm -hmm. you literally choose each other because you love each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, we just have such a special dynamic. And um, it's just so great to be back with them. And we go back to – we went to school in Sacred Heart University in Connecticut. And so we'll go back to, like, the Fairfield area every so often – and like go to restaurants and hang out and we always drive by campus and it's first of all the campus is triple in size and it's only been like a few years and it is a completely different place yeah 
It's and then we were also joking because like as we're driving around, the people walking up around on campus look like they're twelve. Yes, so yeah. young. And I'm like, I say that, but I probably looked like that when I was a freshman. Exactly. In I'm like, wow, we were like we're like now we feel like those old people that come back to campus and talk to the new people and we're like went back in the day when we went here (laughs) literally like i just graduated college like two years ago and i feel like i am doing that like i do that it's It's crazy weird wait until a few more years you're gonna feel really freaking old it's like (laughs) I, i feel like when you hit 30 is the time when you actually start feeling like wow, I'm far removed from high school. Yeah. I'm far removed from college. Yes, yes. Like, it really is hitting me this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it's not even because I'm putting pressure on my age. You just, you, it's been years at this point. Right, right. It's, like, you don't, yeah, when I was in college, I remember in in high school when I would, like, start noticing that I didn't recognize people from high school, like, on sports teams oh, I'm or the just worst. whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, okay, it's just because I'm old, not because I didn't know that yeah. person. <laughs> like, I It's just like didn't... I literally don't remember. Like, my brain can't remember that far back yeah, anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so me and my college friends, you know, we, like I said, we have many, many laughs. But it wasn't my college friend that made me laugh this time about a new story I want to share with you guys. It is, I call her my work friend, although we haven't worked together in five years. So she's like, when are you going to stop calling me your work friend? <laughs> my friend Jill, who I've mentioned before, We did this thing um, that I was thinking about, and I'm like, you know what? I need to share this with the T-Tribe, and I need to share this with you for a few reasons. One, because it's like one of those secrets that the two of us had together that no one knew. Like, I didn't tell any other friends. She didn't tell anyone else. It was just this dynamic, this thing that we did, this unspoken inside joke. And I texted her this week. Because I made her start watching The Vampire Diaries. Because The Vampire Diaries, have you seen it? I haven't watched it, you no. Mackenzie, I'm making you. You okay, guys don't even know. Even if you're not into that like vampire shit, this is what I was saying to her. The people on the cast, I, I watch every show. The people on the cast, it's the hottest cast I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, the teacher's hot. The town cop's hot. The mom and dads are hot. The main character, like, no one's not hot. Like, it's actually absurd so I'm making Jill watch the vampire diaries because she made me watch rain so it was like a trade-off and like she's obsessed and she messaged me something and it was a a midday meet (laughs) that's what we call it (laughs) so I was like I gotta share this with the world because I feel like you like friends should be sending each other midday meet (laughs) so I'll tell you what midday meet is It, it started over I'd say April when we were deep in quarantine Mm -hmm. and there was like no end in sight and you couldn't go outside and you couldn't go food shopping. I made her watch Love Island. I guess we just make each other watch shows. I made her watch Love Island and Love Island UK also has like the hottest guys with like crazy muscles and like tattoos and whatever. So it started then where we were like simping over these it's 11-11, make a wish. We are simping over these, um, like, hot guys. And I think I might have started it. I sent her a picture. I DM'd her a picture of one of them on Instagram at, like, midnight, mm-hmm. just saying midnight me. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, like, a hunky guy. Yeah. And then I would wake up to one from her of, like, a hunky guy back saying morning me. Oh, my God. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, it would be midday. So I'd send her another hunky guy, midday me. So we have morning, midday, and midnight me. And it's basically an unspoken thing where you just DM your friend a picture of a babe 
with midday morning or midnight meat. I love it. And I love it. It brings a smile to my face. Yeah. It's like just the title. Just I wasn't really sure where we were going with the midday meat, but <laughs> I like where it ended. So I don't know if we even knew. Like it was just kind of an unspoken thing that just started happening. Yeah, out of nowhere. And it started like one time a day and then it was three times a day, you yeah. know? And then yeah, yeah. And now all of a sudden our DM conversation is just meet this, meet that. Yeah. And it's just funny. Like, you know, we all love to stalk people on Instagram. So just send a pic a friend a photo caption it blank meet see how they react um wanted to share that with you guys <laughs> and then there's also another life update so i've been taking the subway obviously because i come to work now and i'm not going to uber 5 days a week 2 times a day that would be ridiculously expensive but the subway is really different in the pandemic um have you been taking the subway i like just walk to work so i've taken it a couple times but even the times i've been on it it's just there's not as many people it's really different like there's probably only like five to ten people in a car at a time Mm -hmm. it used to be like shoulder to shoulder yeah and it's kind of creepy kind of not it's creepy because if something were to happen you feel like there's not as many people around Mm -hmm. Um, and so the other day I was going home from work and I was wearing my Balenciaga sneakers and holding my Louis Vuitton bag as I do. And this guy, you're in masks, so all you could see is eyes. And this guy on the train sitting across from me, we made eye contact, which is like kind of a no-no because, you know, you just don't want to look at anyone in case (laughs) they're creepy. Yeah. And he looked at my shoes. Like I saw him look me up and down at the labels. He looked at my shoes and then he looked at my bag mm-hmm. and then I had my headphones in even though nothing was playing. Yeah. And I hear him start to be like, excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, ma'am. Oh. And I was just like pretending like I didn't hear yeah, him. And as, I was looking at my phone. New York does. Yeah. I was just pretending to text because I could tell like once he looked me up and down, then he was trying to talk to me. Yeah. So I'm like texting my sister. I'm like, this guy in the train is trying to talk to me. Of course, she's not answering, but I'm just pretending yeah, to do yeah. something. And um, I got off. Also, mom. I know you're listening. I'm okay. Don't worry. <laughs> She's going to freak out. Um, so then I get off the train and um, at 14th Street to like transfer. Mm-hmm. And I notice he gets off right behind me. And I was like, like yeah. I don't know if he was supposed to get off here or right. if he's following me. And he's still looking at me. So I just like walk. I kept walking. And every time I turned around, he was still looking at me. Mm-hmm. And I was like really paranoid. So yeah. I pretended to get off at 14th Street even though I didn't have to. Yeah. And um, waited for him to, like, get on the train. Mm -hmm. No. Well, I waited for him to, like, stop looking at me. I walked far enough away. And then I got on a car, like, really far away. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got off at my house, I was, like, being paranoid Pam. Yeah. Like, looking over my shoulder Mm -hmm. every 30 seconds. Like, I was actually freaking out. And it's funny because – it's not funny at all, (laughs) actually. (laughs) It's ironic. Yeah. Because I'm working with this brand Taser through work, and they just sent me a Taser, which is right here. If you guys are watching a video, you'll see it. It lights up. Like, half of it's a flashlight. And then the other side – I'm going to click it, and you guys are going to hear this. Wait, listen. Do you hear that? I, I hope, I'm sure they hear it on. It's, yeah, it's it's loud. It's loud. So they just sent me a taser. And it's ironic because had I had this last week, I would have felt so much more protected. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Yeah. Because I'm not even exaggerating, guys. Like, I was looking over my shoulder. I'd take 10 steps, look over. I wanted to make sure no one was following me home. So, right. like, they didn't know where I lived. Yeah. Even though I was pretty sure once I was on the subway, I had lost him at that point. Mm-hmm. But I was just getting really, really paranoid. Um. 
so yeah, so the the Taser Strike Light is rechargeable. It is high powered. It has a flashlight, and it could literally repel an attacker through its electric stun feature. It combines a flashlight and a stun gun, and I feel so much safer having this. It's something now moving forward I'm going to be keeping in my purse at all times because Mm -hmm. honestly like things are different right now in the city and if you guys even live in the like suburbs I think just make sure that you're like doing your research and you should if you'd like to hike like just always take something with you I think that this taser product's perfect for that because it's honestly nerve-wracking like people are going on runs and Mm -hmm. I don't know I just think that this is like came at the perfect time for me so the taser strike light is available without a permit in most U.S. states so I think most of them you don't need to register for anything you could just purchase this you could save 15% now at taser.com promo code t spelled t-a-s-e-r.com promo code t restrictions apply see the site for details so yeah just protect yourself um i'm going to be moving forward because i don't want to be paranoid pam i want to know that if god forbid it comes to a point where i need to protect myself that i can um so i wanted to share that story with you guys because it really freaked me out and again Mom, I know you're listening. Don't worry. She's always like, don't, people are pushing people on the subways. Don't, yeah. don't stand. Like, I'm, a, and I say this to her. I'm like, Mom, I'm a scaredy cat. I'm doing everything I can oh, to protect yeah. myself. Like, you don't have to worry about me being naive. Like, right. I do this thing. Also, another tip. I do this thing on the subway where I stand near a pole. I know that sounds ridiculous, but you know, there's those like rods. Yeah. Kind of. That you can kind of hold if yes. you're standing. And so if someone were to push me, I could grab onto oh, one. Oh, that's I always really do this. smart. I stand by a pole. That's really smart. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't like just being like out in the open yeah, free. Yeah, kind of just standing there. Yeah, because then mm-hmm. I feel like you have nothing to grab onto. Yeah. Like just like little things like that. Like I'm pretty crazy. Like I am thinking through this stuff. Yeah, no, me too. But you have to be kind of alert and like mm-hmm. have your headphones in but actually have them turned down. Yeah, that's you know? what freaks me out too. If you can't hear something because mm-hmm. your headphones are in. I know. Freaks. My dad keeps telling me I need to get a taser so I'm going to have to yeah, get you, one. You have like, to get one. You need something at least. I feel like it's sometimes also too when I talk about living in the city I'm like people probably can't relate to this but I think it's just with anywhere like you hear people going for runs and stuff happening to them it's just I don't know times are so freaking weird mm-hmm. you just never know you honestly. never know you it really do anyone I know um okay so that's my scary story of what happened to me this week I'm trying to see I you guys I've been keeping a list of like things that happened to me throughout the week so I could just like fill you in on them um which is actually like the best way for me to do it because sometimes I feel like I live so much and then I forget everything that happened. I have the worst freaking memory. But that's my updates for today because I actually want to save some time at the end to really, really, really dive into the Kim K, Megan and Harry stuff because I have a lot of opinions. So enjoy my interview with Brittany Lancaster. It was super impactful. She is incredibly impressive. Um, And I think that a lot of you will relate to it. So here is my interview with Brittany and we will spill the tea after. All right, guys. So I am sitting here with Brittany Lancaster. And you are someone, Brittany, that I found on TikTok because one of my followers tagged me in one of your videos. So yeah, that's kind of how I found you. So I'm so excited to connect. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. And I'm just, yeah, I'm so excited. And I can't wait to like 
learn more and talk about such important topics. And so it's going to be great. Yeah, I think there's so much I have written down and I've talked about body image a little bit on the podcast, but I haven't um, dove into eating disorders or intuitive eating, which are two things that you're super open about. So I have so many questions, but before that, I want everyone that's listening to kind of get to know you a little bit better. So could you kind of just dive into your stories and your experience with eating disorders so people could kind of understand like your background and where you are now? Definitely. So my name is Brittany Lancaster. Um, I'm 23 years old, but when I was 16 years old, I developed anorexia and I suffered from like severe restriction. And due to that, it caused a lot of health problems in my body. Half of my hair fell out. Um, I was vitamin deficient, had hormone imbalances. Um, I lost my menstrual cycle for almost 10 months. Um, I just had a lot of health problems that came from that. And when I started eating again, I developed binge eating disorder. So I kind of had the opposite um, eating disorder, the opposite side of it, where I, I couldn't stop eating. It was like a constant binge. And um, there was no end in sight when it came to food. And I, I didn't have any balance. And um, I think since my metabolism was so messed up, my body was just so out of balance and went through a lot of different versions of itself. And then when I was 18, when I graduated high school, my parents, they took my brother and I to Europe for the first time. And this was when I was still suffering from binge eating disorder. And I was leaving for college in like three weeks. And we went to Amsterdam, Croatia, and Slovenia. And our last stop was Croatia. And on the last day of vacation, I was sitting on this rock. And I was looking out into the Croatian Sea. And it was kind of one of those moments where there was nothing that you could see besides water, if that makes sense. And it really hit me in that moment of, wow, my I'm like so small compared to what this earth is. So why am I going to spend my entire life belittling myself and hating my body and being my biggest critic when in reality, I should be so grateful to have this life and to be able to like experience the things that you can in this life. And, um, you know, this life is just so special. So why not just rock it and be confident and find recovery. So when I flew home the next day, I started recovery and really took it seriously and um, saw a nutritionist and um, unfollowed people on social media who were triggering to me or who made uh, toxic content around diet culture and started following people who did kind of promote all of these healthy things that I needed to hear and know that health is not one size health is however it is for you. And yeah, I, and then I just started recovery and I've been in recovery for over four and a half years now and everything with TikTok kind of happened because I posted a dancing video on my like three and a half years of being in recovery from my two eating disorders and it went viral and then I started posting what eat a days and now we're here. So it's that's so kind incredible. Of a short version of the long story. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Um, because it was like so much said in such a concise way. And yeah. it's so I had therapy this morning before work and it's like almost, I was getting emotional listening to you because a lot of what we talked about this morning actually was, um, she was like, you know, and I've heard this a lot. She, she was like, you're too hard on yourself. And what you said about like looking into the ocean and realizing like that the world is so much bigger than you, that struck a chord because 
I feel like I'm my own biggest critic. I'm sure a lot of people kind of go through life that way. And we are so like negative sometimes in our self-talk. And I'm working on reframing the way I talk to myself. And I'm curious like how, I mean, obviously, like you said, you've been in recovery for three and a half years. So it hasn't been an overnight quick fix. But like, how have you learn to be kinder to yourself? I, you know, that's a great question. And it's something that something that I always tell people is they will be like, how, you know, how are you so confident? How do you have such peace with food? All of these different questions that are really in depth. And I always tell people to give yourself grace and give it time because this did not happen in in one day. And also I always tell people whether you want to see like a nutritionist or a therapist or go to a treatment center or whatever it is, I think professional help is so important for recovery and it really can do such incredible things in people's lives. But overall, personally with myself, um, kind of when I was sitting on that rock in Croatia, when I was looking out and realized that the world was so much bigger, it was almost a reality check of this might sound weird, but like my life is very, very insignificant almost compared when you think about that there's 7 billion people Mm. on this planet. And it's kind of like, wow, this, these problems that are in my head right now are so insignificant to everything that I could be experiencing and everything I could be taking out of this life. And you know, we really have to be so grateful for life, especially with the times we're experiencing now. And um, yeah, so in a way, when I really realized, wow, I should really be taking advantage of every single moment and being confident, because why not? Like I have one life and I might as well rock who I am and be who I am and um, be unapologetically myself. And so I always tell people professional help is amazing, but also just realizing that the only person you're hurting by belittling yourself in a mirror is you. And, um, yeah. So it's kind of like that epiphany moment sometimes that you need to just have within yourself to be like, cut the bullshit. And you know, like, and I think that's kind of also what I was saying to my therapist. I was like, I feel like sometimes you spend me, I spend so much time worrying about like, I, you know, I should be enjoying life more. I should be living more. I should be waking up with a positive attitude. And instead, I feel like I'm focusing on not doing it instead of just doing it. So I think that's a lot of what people just deal with in life. Just this balance between like punishing yourself or, you know, good days, bad days, whatever it is. And I think it's good to see that it's a journey for everyone. And like these things take time ultimately. Well, and that's a great point to bring up is um, a lot of people are like, do you ever have bad days? I'm like, of course, if you're a human being, you have bad days. If somebody tells you that they never have a bad day, they're lying to your face, honestly, because that's just a part of being a human being is you have emotions on all over the spectrum and life is going to throw curveballs at you and you're just going to have bad days sometimes. And so, yeah, I definitely have bad days and I definitely have days where I have to remind myself why I chose recovery and why I'm doing this and, and like remind myself that my health is the most important thing and not to get um, caught up in society's beauty standards and things like that. And so I definitely have bad days too, and everyone does. And if somebody says that they don't, they're lying to your face. Oh my God, 100%. (laughs) Also, the one thing that I think is really interesting is just diet culture as a whole. And like, I didn't even realize until recently how much it 
infiltrated my mind. Like, for example, when I see videos like yours um, or someone else's where they're like, this is what I eat in a day. Instead of me looking at it sometimes and being like, wow, they look amazing and they have all this food freedom. I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, if I ate that, I would gain weight. Like you in turn, like that's how much diet culture plays into our heads that we don't just like look at food as nutrients and, and nutritious. We look at it as good and bad. And we put it in these buckets of like, oh, if I ate carbs, I'd gain weight. If I did this, instead of just being like, I enjoyed myself or like I ate until I'm full. We just have these restrictions on things. And I think. I'm still struggling with intuitive eating. So I would love if you could talk about your experience with not making food like the villain. Ultimately, Yeah, I um, am so grateful that I've gotten to the point where I just see food as food like you were mentioning. And I think something also that really helped me initially was so the diet industry is worth 70 billion dollars. And when it really hit me that this whole industry is built around profiting off of people's insecurities. I mean, when you think about it, that's really what it is, is this entire industry makes money by profiting off of people's insecurities and telling them that they're not enough and that they need to change themselves. And when you really take a second to think about that, you're like, wow, I'm not going to give one more second of my time or my energy to like giving into this industry, you know, and giving into this mindset of profiting off of people's insecurities. Like I don't want any part of that. And so whenever I have a bad day, that's what I go back to. And I remind myself, Oh, this is why we're doing this. But intuitive eating was something that it was hard because I, same thing. I had food rules. I had groups that were good and bad. Um, foods that you could only eat if it was a special occasion or things like that, you know, and um, honestly, a lot of it just had to do with giving myself time and also just reminding myself if I ever had one of those thoughts to be like, nope, we're not thinking that way anymore. We're not thinking that way. Food is food. Do you want to live the rest of your life having this toxic mindset with food or do you want to just see food as food? And so a lot of intuitive eating as well that helped me stop binging because my binging was really bad when I had it. And um, intuitive eating actually really helped me recover from binge eating disorder because when I would actually listen to my body and if my body was telling me, oh, I want a cheeseburger for lunch and then dinner time came around, oh, I'm craving salmon or I'm craving a kale salad. When I would actually listen to it and give it what it wanted, that was when the binging stopped and lowered because my body was actually satisfied and my body wasn't being like, Oh, you didn't give me that burger for lunch. Now I'm going to go binge out on all this food, you know? And so that is my biggest tip of actually listen to your body. Don't ignore it. If it's telling you something, it's telling you that for a reason and you should trust it and go with it and, and it'll help with intuitive eating. So I think I have this problem with listening to my body and like this is why I struggle with intuitive eating because some like I like shitty food like I really do people that say that they don't like McDonald's or whatever I'm like you're lying like we all like (laughs) crap you know and sometimes I'm like if I just listen to my body on like a day that I'm hungover I might have you know a bacon egg and cheese and then a burger and then pizza and then this and that and then to me that's almost like a binge type of day. So sometimes I have a hard time when people say that because I can't conceptualize a time where like I crave kale over a burger. 
Yeah, no. And I was the same way when I started recovery. A lot of what I craved was what like society would consider as more processed food type yeah. thing. And, um, and I like was, I listened to that and I let my body eat those things because eventually I had enough cheeseburgers, you know, and eventually I, my body was over it. My body was like, no, we want, we want some fruit and veggies. We want some granola right now. And so it's kind of giving your body a little bit of time to adjust itself. And because when you think about if you have been restricting your body, your body is just over it. It's like, give me food now. I'm tired of being restricted. I'm, I, this is not how I was supposed to be treated. And, um, so honestly, I just let myself, if I was craving those things at the beginning of recovery, I just really listened to my body and let myself have it because eventually over time I did grow a balance and my body got used to, oh yeah, you know, a cheeseburger is really nice, but also I really like a kale salad too. So totally. it's all about time. Honestly, that's, that's what I would recommend. That's really, yeah. It's really interesting because when I talk about stuff like this, I think about how many people I know in my life no matter the weight, the age, the ethnicity, how like every single person in their head probably has a, like a list of foods that are good and bad, you know, mm-hmm. like even some of the like thinnest people I know who would say, oh, I don't have a problem with food. They have a list of good and bad. And that's what I think is so interesting because intuitive eating is kind of like a newer concept, I would say, in terms of like the amount of people that are talking about it now versus what they used to be. And it seems so simple. It's like just eat when you're hungry, eat to nourish yourself, don't punish yourself. And like, I think it really is something I'm so happy people are talking about more because we're all kind of suffering in some way with body image, no matter what we look like. Definitely. And I think even something that I had to really learn with intuitive eating was when I had my eating disorders, I have no idea why, but I felt like every single diet advertisement I saw or nutrition advertisement I saw always told you eat six small meals throughout the day. That's like what I was always told when I was in high school. And so I just lived by that. And now that I'm in recovery, um, I'm like a big meal person. I love like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert. Obviously I'll snack if my body wants a snack, but I really just like to eat a substantial amount of food for my body and then move on with my day. Because Mm -hmm. my biggest annoyance is if I'm out running errands or if I'm out somewhere and I get hungry and I don't have food around me to nourish my body, it, because I get hangry. And so (laughs) for me, I've noticed what's best for my body is having like three substantial meals throughout the day and snacking if I need to. And I always have dessert every night, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what works for my body. And I was always, I always thought like, why are we taught six small meals? Because if that does work best for your body, that's great. Like do that, but that's not everyone. And I was always, I felt like brainwashed to think that that was the way I had to eat and it's not. And so that's also a huge part of intuitive eating as even if you and your best friend are both intuitive eaters, your day of eating is going to look completely different because your bodies need different things, want different things, crave different things. And that's a huge part of intuitive eating is it actually has to do with intuition and and trusting your body and not just um, saying, oh, I I need or I should have this or I need to have this. So Totally. I think that makes so much sense. And I kind of feel similarly to you. Like if I eat 
meals that are balanced, I'm not even really hungry for a snack because I'm fulfilled versus like just like picking here and there. Like I actually notice, and this is where the restricting comes into play or not even restricting because sometimes it's really just I'm busy. Like right now I'm doing this podcast and it's 1 p.m. my time, lunchtime. So maybe I don't get to eat lunch until three, which isn't typical. But then what happens is I eat too much at night because I'm not nourishing my body properly. And like that is an issue. Like if I just maybe slowed down and took the time to eat when I was hungry, then I wouldn't feel like I'm just like grabbing things to fill my body. So I think that's true. Like you just kind of have to listen to those cues that your body's sending. And I'm I don't always do it. Yeah. And I, it's definitely easier said than done. So definitely give yourself, yeah. give yourself some, some leeway on that. But I, I have even learned with myself, if I, for example, when I went to the hairdresser yesterday, I was like, wow, I'm going to be here for a hot minute. I need to make sure I eat enough before I go, because I know it's going to be a long appointment. And four years ago, five years ago, I would have never done that. And so mm. it definitely is just a learning curve and you have to um, just see what's best for your body. And that's the biggest thing is everyone's body is different and everyone needs different things and wants different things. And that's totally okay. That's why we're all unique human beings. And yeah, I think that's great. Um, I want to talk about people commenting on your body or bodies in general when you lose weight. Um, I know for me, I don't want it. Like I don't want to hear, oh my God, you look so good because then it implies you looked bad with more weight or it just sends like such a negative connotation. It just makes you feel like shit, honestly. Um, Is that something that you've experienced? I have definitely experienced that. Um, You know, a lot of what I think fueled me and my eating disorders was when, when I was struggling with my severe restriction, it was the more weight I lost, the more compliments were coming in and the more people that were interested in me and the more, oh my goodness, you have never looked better. Like I want your body, all of these things where it was, um, it was fueling to my disorder. And I just felt like I had to keep going to hold this, um, these compliments up and to keep them going because so much of my life, I was always the girl that I just didn't really have a ton of friends growing up. I always had just like a couple friends who were like my best friends. And um, so getting this attention, it was very intriguing and I just kept letting it fuel my disorder. And so I have definitely experienced that. And even with, um, so when I had my severe restriction, I was kind of I was severely underweight. And then when I suffered from binge eating disorder, I was overweight for my body. And now with intuitive eating and recovery, I have kind of found this in between of where my body is really happy and healthy. And um, even in that time when I lost weight from my binge eating disorder, there were people who were like, you look so incredible. And I would always tell them, no, I look really healthy. Like I'm not, you know, I don't want to take all these compliments and find worth in them because that's when that disorder kind of started. And that's when that negative mentality started. And so I really do recommend to tell people if you are going to like celebrate somebody, celebrate them for who they are, not their body, because their body is just a small part of who they are. And you never really know if somebody is losing weight in a healthy way or in a toxic way. And so it's always important to just kind of 
hold off on those comments until you know for sure. I mean, because of course, if somebody's losing weight in a healthy way and you want to celebrate them, that's that's your that's your like right to do so, I guess. But yeah. just making sure that you don't um, fuel something that maybe isn't the healthiest situation going on. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And even I know people in my life who are naturally super thin and even they get the comments of like, Oh, you're so small. You're so thin. And, and it's like big or small, like we don't want to hear it. Like you shouldn't just comment on people's appearance in a negative way in general, because like you said, you don't know if they're, if they're losing weight in a healthy way or an unhealthy way, or if God forbid they're suffering with a sickness or whatever it may be. Like, it's just not cool. Like, (laughs) just don't do it. Well, and and I totally agree. And it ultimately comes down to the fact that we as humans are so much more than what a number is on a plastic box that we step on and it gives us a number. Like, we are so much more than that. And um, I even tell people, like, I cut out the – the tags in my jeans, I'll cut them out. If I started that like at the beginning of recovery. And for me, it's, it's something where I've really had to realize why am I putting worth into a number that is printed on a cloth that's attached to my jeans? Like, why am I going to put my worth as a human being into that? That's not going to happen. Or like, why am I going to put my worth into a, a square that we stand on that's plastic or metal. And um, when you kind of have that realization, it's like, whoa, I've been spending way too much of my life prioritizing these things when life is so much bigger than this. And yeah. Wow. That's really interesting and such a good like piece of advice. Um, we're going to do an advice segment in a little, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. But before we get into that, I want to talk about just your success on TikTok and um, just like what that journey's been like for you, and then also like how that even led you to launching your own podcast. Definitely, um, TikTok was very, very unexpected. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I posted all that ha- all that happened for the first video that went viral was I was going to my sorority winter formal my senior year of college, and it marked three and a half years of recovery. And so I decided to dance to the Dougie on my balcony in my college apartment. And I just posted it, went to the dance and kind of threw my phone, you know, I was just trying to be in the moment. And then I came home and like, didn't even check my phone because it was so late. And I woke up the next morning and it had went viral. And it really hit me in that moment of, because that was in February, this past February. And it really hit me in that moment that, wow, in general, there's not really a lot of people on TikTok right now, because I think TikTok really saw its flourishment in quarantine, Mm -hmm. honestly, and in COVID, because people were home, they had nothing to do besides watch these funny videos and do these dancing trends and all this stuff. And so in February, there wasn't a ton of people on TikTok in general, let alone anybody talking about body confidence or eating disorder recovery. And it really hit me in that moment of, wow, this is my first video to ever go viral and it's about something that I'm so passionate about I should kind of just go for it and see what happens and if if nothing comes out of it cool like it it was fun and that's when I started posting my what eat a days and that's really when I saw a lot of traction starting because kind of how you're mentioning earlier is people would comment on my videos and be like I love seeing a what eat a day like this because it makes me it's like a realistic oh, I'm a normal human being and not going to eat 
whatever diet culture is telling me to do. I'm just living my life and I'm happy and I don't put any stress on food. And now kind of we're here and it's been a crazy journey, but I'm so thankful. And the biggest thing that means the most to me is when I'm able to help people. And when people tell me that, oh, I ate today because of your videos or you just can't put into words what that means because I know how difficult it can be to not to not feel like eating for the day and to have motivation and to help somebody do that means the world to me. And that's kind of why I wanted to start a podcast was it's really hard to talk about these in-depth topics on TikTok in 60 seconds. Like it's really hard to do that. Really hard. Yeah. Even on Instagram stories, um, you know, somebody doesn't want to listen to a five minute Instagram story. So that is kind of why I wanted to start my own podcast. And my saying that I always say at the end of my what eat in a day is, is balance is key just because I think balance is key with everything in life, whether it's food, whether it's exercise, friendship, relationships, um, work-life balance. Yeah. Work-life balance. Everything is balance is key. And so that's what I kind of decided to just name my podcast that too. And it's going well so far, but that's kind of how TikTok happened. It's so incredible to know that you're only 23, but also that you went through that recovery in college of all places. Like, I feel like that's really challenging. So just like, hats off to you because I'm sure that was not easy. Thank you. It, it was, it was definitely challenging at times. And there was definitely times where I removed myself from situations in college that I knew in this moment, okay, I'm walking into a room of people who are talking about diet culture or, oh, this dance is coming up. So I'm going to do this diet or whatever it is, you know, and there were a lot of times where I had to really focus in on is this a healthy situation for me to be in and if not I need to remove myself from it and if it was like one of my best friends who made a comment then of course I would talk to them about it and be like hey this isn't really the healthiest environment for me to be or things to be hearing from what I'm overcoming but if it was just random people I would just remove myself from yeah. the situation because it's just not worth it but um in a way I think that I'm stronger because I recovered through college and I did have to go through some tougher obstacles and, you know, my parents weren't by my side helping me through it. It was really me um, having to focus on me and find my strength. And yeah, so in a lot of ways, I'm really grateful that I went through it in college. Yeah, that's crazy because when I think about my college experience, it was like one binge eating fest. Like, you know, you'd go get drunk, go to the bar, and then you come home and you like shove your face. Like some of my favorite memories in college are me and my friends in the kitchen late night, like with the big like pot of mac and cheese. And when I think back, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I ate like that. But (laughs) point being, I'm sure you were in so many situations where you were like, this is triggering me. I need to take a step back. So um, again, kudos to you for taking a step back because I think that's probably a really tough environment. So I give it to you. Yeah, definitely. And trust me, there were definitely nights where we were having Taco Bell after or whatever like yeah. that and you know, grub having Taco Bell or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. that was still listening to my body because I was like, I'm hungry. I need to eat. So definitely um, a balance figuring out like when you go out, am I really hungry after what's, what's yeah. going on? So yeah, like, do I actually want to eat this because I'm hungry or because everyone's eating right now? Totally, yeah. um, I want to get into my 
advice segment, I do this thing called Ask Alyssa and people write in. And because I also talk about body image on TikTok a little bit, um, a lot of my questions were centered around that. So I thought you'd be the perfect person. So I put some of those um, types of questions into this. So I'll read it to you and then we could weigh in. Perfect. Um, I'm struggling with trying to lose weight. You're an amazing inspiration and love that you preach about owning your size and that we are able to dress how we want, but I can't help but to notice and believe that men look and approach smaller sized girls. Help me love myself, please. I'm 32 and single and I'm starting to believe it's because I'm overweight. Thank you. I appreciate any advice. That's, that's a great question. And it's definitely something that I had to, um, really think about and have kind of a realization on it as well. And it's something where I always, I always remind myself if, if somebody is going to be interested in me solely based off of my body, like what is the connection there? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, like what is interesting? Also, I'm a very, like, I'm a very emotional person. I know that about me too. <laughs> I'm very emotional. And I really like my favorite quality in somebody is vulnerability. When somebody's able to be vulnerable with me and open up to me, that's my favorite quality in a friend in a significant other in a family member, anything, because I think it's so hard to be vulnerable, especially in today's world, because there's judgment everywhere you look. And when somebody is able to kind of be vulnerable with me and, and show their true self or whatever, that's when I really am able to grow a connection with them is because, I mean, that's how we grow connections with other humans is by being vulnerable. And so I always remember if somebody's going to be interested in me solely based off of my body, like I don't have time for them type thing, honestly. And also the other thing is there's no, um, like size is not, is not a, quality or a determinant of beauty you know what I'm saying and every size is beautiful in in their own way and you will find somebody who who loves you for you and I mean I'm single as ever and I'm just (laughs) having a great time so yeah I think I am my advice for this is it's weird because I could give advice on this but I also relate to this because I'd be lying if I said those thoughts don't cross my mind sometimes as well Um, I'm a work in progress, but that said, I do completely agree. Like at my core, I believe in, in life, like in friendships, in relationships, it's like, I don't want you if you don't want me. And I always like say that. And it's just because it's like, it has to be mutual. Like I'm not going to go after someone that I don't feel like mutually wants me back in the same way. Or if you don't like me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best. Like that quote. So I do agree. It's like, I also quality time and vulnerability. Those are things, especially as I got older are really important to me and a partner. And like, we're not all going to look the same our whole lives. Like you age, your boobs sag, like things change and you don't want someone that only wants you for a superficial reason because at the end of the day like you could lose your beauty or or you know things change you just want that like emotional connection with someone so yeah I totally agree and another thing that I've kind of found with dating and stuff is 
in recovery, I really found a lot of confidence. When I finally recovered, kind of, you know, I know that you're so into fashion and making, you know, and wearing what you want to wear, no matter what your size is. And that was something that I really helped with my confidence was in recovery being like, okay, if I want to wear something, I know that I look good. So if somebody's not interested in this, like they got, they got sight problems or something, you know, it's like, we're not, we're not doing that. And so it's all about knowing your worth too. I think that's a huge part of dating is knowing your worth. And if somebody's not going to give you the time of the day for, for whatever reason, there's, like I said, there's 7 billion people on this planet you will find somebody who is more than happy to prioritize your time and who knows your worth. And so that's something I just try to remember while dating and that every size is beautiful in its own way. And also that everyone has different preferences, you know, and Fair. I yeah. I even think about myself, I have, I don't necessarily have like a type, but I mean, I guess I kind of maybe have a type. <laughs> we <laughs> so. all secretly do. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone does. And so a lot of the times, um, something that I've really realized is maybe this person doesn't, doesn't like me, like, because of my body, maybe they don't like me because they're not into brunettes. Like, you know, yeah. it's not always dependent on your body. And there's so many different things that could go into it. No, I think that's, I think that's amazing. And I, I totally agree. Like a lot of it is self-worth and just owning it. Um, I know this person and like I hate to even say this because I don't but she to the eye would be considered maybe like like curvier but men love her and it's because she exudes confidence and like there's no stopping her like she just has this aura to her and it doesn't freaking matter it's like people could tell when you're insecure when you're sitting there with your arms across your chest and you're all scrunched up and your chin's down and you're just like looking insecure so I think that that's a really good point like it's not what you look like it's how you feel well and also I think it's so important to remember that I think a lot of society always tells us that guys like smaller girls or more petite girls but that's just again it goes back to there's all of these just myths and lies that have been constantly told to us from diet culture and it's like I know a lot of my guy friends they they like more of um like I know my brother he the curvier the better type yeah thing. <laughs> yeah he's, he's very much that way and then I also know a lot of guys who like more um not like slender body types but you know what I'm saying like yeah totally preferences and or whoever you're interested um and I just think it's like really important to remember that what we've been told isn't really true. Like everyone has different preferences on what they find attractive and it's, yeah. So yeah, no, I agree. Okay. Let's get into one more. So it's a little long, but I think this is a really cool topic. She said, I'm messaging you today because I need some guidance and support surrounding body image and confidence. I got engaged around the holidays and I'm in full wedding planning mode, which is extremely stressful, especially during a pandemic. And I can't get over my anxieties about losing weight and looking snatched on my wedding. I love that she used snatched. Um, I know my fiance loves me as I am. So it's not like I have to worry about impressing him, but I still feel the pressure from literally every other place be it Instagram, parents, or my own expectations. We have our engagement shoot next week, and I'm terrified I'm going to look fat in every picture. My biggest fear is that I won't like any of the pictures, and I'll be so destroyed and disheartened. I'm in the process of relearning how to love myself. I work out because I enjoy getting stronger, 
or need some endorphins instead of because I ate Doritos and need to just punish myself. I eat healthy because it makes my body feel happy and I try not to freak out when I honor my cravings, but it's all hard work. How do I accept myself, tummy and all, and be present in my life when all these wonderful things are happening without wishing I was skinnier? Powerful. Yeah, that's, um, again, I really think it goes down to all of these things that we've been brainwashed to think. And I would tell this woman that it is your wedding. It's your day. You are not coming to get married to impress other people. You are coming to get married because you love somebody else and you want to celebrate that with them. And this is like your moment and you shouldn't let a $70 billion diet industry control your wedding and control your happiness. And if you feel beautiful and if you feel confident um, and if your significant other feels that way about you, it's clear that, you know, her husband is, or her fiance is very like, just thinks she's absolutely beautiful. And that's all that really matters. It's her wedding and you don't have to change yourself for other people or for what social media is telling you. And again, I know it's easier said than done, but I just think it's important to remember that it's your day, it's your wedding, you're coming there to celebrate yourself, not to impress or change yourself for others. So yeah, I've I've really learned to hate the wedding industry. <laughs> and <laughs> I sometimes I say I'm like, I'm such a hypocrite because I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Watch me have a huge freaking wedding. But the thing is, like, I hate how it's based on everything but love. It's like but even sometimes the way girls talk about it, they're like, it's my day. It's like, no, it's your day with your husband because you're getting married and it's about love. And sometimes I feel like it's like the wedding industry has just stripped us of like the true meaning of why you're there. And like Brittany was saying, you you and your partner have an amazing relationship and he loves you and he accepts you. And it sounds like you accept yourself. You just don't accept what other people may think of you. So it's more about just like reframing the way you're thinking about things and being like, we're happy, we're solid. And this day is about us. And I don't give a shit what anyone else thinks about me. Because let me tell you, I have never heard someone go to a wedding and not have a complaint. Think about when people talk about weddings. They'll be like, yeah, the bride's dress was frumpy. The flowers were ugly. I It was a color I would never pick. No one has anything nice to say about weddings ever. To your face, maybe. But I feel like people nitpick it, and that's why I kind of hate weddings. It's like people look for things to dislike. So the hell with them. Because as long as you're happy, you're picking out the dress that you like, the flowers that you like, the partner that you like. So it's just worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a wedding in a in a weird way is like a comparison to the big picture of life is there's always going to people be people who criticize you or who don't understand you or who think that you should do something a different way. But that is you, like, just like you were saying, you're celebrating your love story. And um, you should when you look back on your wedding in 50 years, are you going to remember like what size you are or just like the the beauty of the day and did you have a fun time and one of my best friends is a wedding planner and an event planner and I always tell her I'm like I have never gone to a wedding and remembered what the centerpieces looked like I like I have so never true. gone to a wedding and remembered those things like never or 
what the menu design looked like. I was like, whenever I have that day, the main thing is I just want to make sure, pe- make sure people have a good time. That's like, what I fun. say. Not yeah. Have a big dance party. That's like where my money is going towards. And so it's just celebrating you and doing what you want to do for your life and remembering that your wedding in, in a sense is kind of setting you up for your life. So want to make sure you do it for you. No, I totally agree. Um, Brittany, it was such a pleasure having you on. I feel like I learned something. Sometimes these interviews are like therapy sessions. I like leave the day (laughs) feeling lighter. Um, So I just want to thank you. And where could everyone that's listening um, find you? TikTok, podcast, Instagram, all of that. Yes. So you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and um, and YouTube at Brittany Lancaster. I also have a podcast called Balance is Key with Brittany Lancaster. Um, but I wanted to thank you so much, Alyssa, because I just love your TikTok as well. And I love how you talk about fashion on it and how it really is just dependent on you and rocking yourself. And um, I love the the one video where it's like, oh, this is your reminder that you don't need to be a size whatever to have good style or to wear what you want to wear and I just think that's so important for people to constantly remember and so thank you so much for having me I'm just so excited that I was able to chat with you a little bit more and and get to know each other better me too thank you so much okay guys it is time to spill the tea like I said I have a lot to say I've been feeling lately um this I don't know how to describe it I've been feeling like I want to advocate for online bullying more and more lately. I felt like this for years and I've always taken a big stance when people are bullying people on The Bachelor, but lately I've been feeling like there's something more I want to do. I don't know if it's like joining an organization or creating my own awareness, but I'm I think also cuz I'm getting some online bullying like on TikTok or whatever. I just think the internet has become such a crazy place and a lot of people are really talking out about it so I want to read something to you that Kim Kardashian posted she posted on her story she said so I finally watched the Britney Spears documentary this week and it made me feel a lot of empathy for her the way the media played a big role in her life and the way it did can be very traumatizing and it could really break even the strongest person no matter how public someone's life may seem no one deserves to be treated with such cruelty or judgment for entertainment Looking back at my own experience, I remember a time when I felt this way. When I was pregnant with North, I was suffering from preeclampsia, which made me swell uncontrollably. I gained 60 pounds and delivered almost six weeks early, and I cried every single day over what was happening to my body, mainly from the pressures of being constantly compared to what society considered a healthy pregnant person should look like, as well as being compared to Shamu the Whale by the media, looking at all of the photos of myself online and in the magazines made me so insecure, and I had this fear of wondering if I would ever get my pre-baby body back. She keeps going. I don't want to bore you. You guys can go read it. But basically, she's talking about how the media mistreated her so much when she was pregnant. And then she went on to post magazine covers. And they're just crazy. One of them says, dumped at 200 pound, Kim's worst nightmare. It's a close-up picture of her butt in a tight leather dress with an arrow pointing to her butt. And then a picture of her like devouring ice cream. Then there's a picture of her in that like Shamu dress that she's talking about saying Kim's nightmare 65 pound weight gain. Um, another cover. I can't stop eating. Um, another cover paid to get fat. It's like what? These people are freaking crazy. So Kim's talking out about this. 
it's crazy to me that I feel like luckily, and I, I might be wrong, but I think magazine covers aren't as harsh nowadays as they were even three to five years ago. I think if something were, like that were printed now, they would get a lot more flack. But maybe I'm wrong because I don't read physical newspapers anymore. I consume my media yeah. online. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the trash mags do still do covers like that right. and I just don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I was going to say I haven't seen any that are super bad or like mean. I feel I like guess. they've gotten a little better because of the world that we live in, but that was like two years ago, you right, know? Right, right. And it's just made me, you know, first we saw the Britney Spears thing. It was on my mind. Now Kim's speaking out. It's even more on my mind. And then my friend Amanda Hirsch, who runs Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram and hosts a podcast, just posted something this morning of um, Megyn Kelly talking about the the interview with Megan and Harry that aired on Sunday night and basically Megan Kelly's whole stance was like oh she's crying poor rich girl like you chose to marry a prince you chose whatever right. and I commented on the post and like now that I'm verified my posts go to the top yeah the so it has like the most likes in her comment section and mm-hmm. this is what I said and the reason I bring this up is because I really think I summed up how I feel in like one short sentence or two sentences I said I'm getting so sick of the narrative you signed up for it yes people sign up for reality shows TikTok public careers etc but that doesn't mean they aren't impacted by extreme amounts of bullying and the opinions of millions and it's true because that's something I get on social media like Mm -hmm. you chose to work there you chose to do this you chose the spotlight it's like okay so because you choose a career that's public facing that doesn't mean you deserve to be bashed right. like that doesn't make sense to me no not at all and there's so many people commenting agreeing with me and I'm just like I don't know my my thoughts are all over the place because I feel really passionately about this mm-hmm. and especially after watching the Megan Markle and Harry I love how she's Megan Markle and he's just like Harry yeah <laughs> like Windsor I guess is his last name like no one actually have no idea I think it's Windsor yeah but like no one says just Prince Harry just Prince Harry yeah um after watching that interview I was just so shook like here we are I think my sister said it best she was like I went into that interview thinking I wasn't going to like Megan because of how the media's made her seem like they've painted this picture of her that in your head you're like this liar yeah and then you listen to her and you're like she's not a liar at all right she's a victim mm -hmm. and it's crazy because she's dealt with so much on top of the public scrutiny I've always said the UK press is the absolute worst she also is dealing with the racism component Mm -hmm. and I don't blame them one bit for leaving their son wasn't going to be protected they had really no choice and it's crazy too to learn that they took these Netflix deals and all of these deals because they needed the money Mm -hmm. you think of the royals as being billionaires you know you're like like you would never need to ask for money or do a job to get money exactly but it's like they were cut off they had no form of income they were like we didn't plan for this right we needed money to pay for security people security like that is hundreds of thousands of dollars a year if not millions Mm -hmm. because the level think about like the president they have these high security people at least like five of them too yeah exactly so I don't know I just thought that I'm happy that this bullying conversation is um 
starting to take place a little bit more. I wish it would happen more on TikTok. I feel like I've seen a lot of canceling going on. You could say one little thing and people just want to flip out on you. Um, It kind of started happening to me yesterday, actually. I posted a video. I'm just going to talk about it. Normally I wouldn't because I don't like to give people even the time of freaking day. Um, I used to do these videos with my dad on TikTok. My um, my dad rates fashion trends. Yeah. And it's so funny because Mm -hmm. it's like this older guy. He doesn't know what he's saying. Yeah. And he's like, what are those shoes? Like, that's so funny. And people think it's so wholesome. So I did the same concept with guys in the office because I can't see my dad because of Corona. And I'm a girl's freaking girl. Do you guys think I would ever post something without thinking this through? I thought I said to the boys, do you think I'm going to get backlash for this? I I thought about it because Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to offend people. Like Mm -hmm. I really am not doing things blindly most of the time. Um, And I said, you know what? I'm having them rate trends. I made it a fact to make it not about women. Mm -hmm. I didn't want anyone's face in the picture. Mm -hmm. I just wanted it to be like, I think it's funny to get men's opinions on things that are like girly and ridiculous yes because they we, don't know and they then they know. say insane things that just yeah. don't relate to it and we do it for us like it's right. not about that right and, that, and I thought that was clear and I think 99% of people thought that was clear right but then of course you have like the one person who's like you're bashing women and I'm like what yeah like no crazy. I'm not like that's mm-hmm. or like that just goes against everything I stand for. That's what I do. All my whole podcast is about lifting women up. Like right. you think that's my intention? Yeah. And I, you just see the way the people could just flip on you, like mm-hmm. in a split second. Mm-hmm. And it's it doesn't even matter how many positive comments there are. Too that one comment will always be the one that sticks out. The bad. It one. does because especially for me because I'm sensitive and because I'm like I would never try to do that right. do you know what I mean right. I'm like you don't know me then at all exactly because I'm like I'm trying to uplift women mm-hmm. and I'm like I think just talking about a trend is funny think about e-fashion police you have men talking about dresses and yeah. they, like it's just fun like I feel like things have become so sensitive that no one could even just like take a joke anymore or like make things comedy right it's just like gotten so bad. So all the stuff with Meghan Markle and Kim and Britney and mm-hmm. all these TikTokers that I'm seeing, like Charlie D'Amelio can't freaking dance without getting torn apart. I, yeah, poor girl. I feel I feel for her. She's literally 16 or She's 17. 16. And it's so awful. Yeah, it's crazy. I think someone said it. I forget who said it, but they're like, y- the people that are watching the TikToks are the ones that are making them famous. And then the second they decide to have a personality and be themselves, that's when they tear them down. But it's, it's so true. You're the one who made them famous. You're the one who gave them the following. So it's like, why are you the one that's now tearing them down? That's so true. And do you know what I think a lot of it comes back to? I think when I didn't have social media, like I didn't have Instagram until college, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think. Yeah. And I think like kids that are that young shouldn't have access the way they do to social media because I don't even think they know what they're doing or saying they're like 12 year olds right it's like they shouldn't even be doing that right in the first place yeah Uh, who knows what you would say if you were 12 like you don't know you're not you don't have emotional intelligence you're not mature yeah so and then you become older and then people dig up those things that you said when you were 13 and it's like okay I was 13 I'm sorry I said I know like these kids have had phones since they were like seven some of them right um Again, this is just something I've been thinking about a lot and feeling passionately about. And 
I just think that people need to be kind and um, give people grace. And I think there's a way to commentate on pop culture without being like damaging, I guess I would say. So yeah, that's the tea for this week. Um, I really enjoyed the Meghan and Harry interview. I thought it was explosive. Um, I couldn't believe how much they said. I didn't think they would say that much. I thought they would beat around the bush a little bit more, be prim and proper. I feel like Megan came to throw down and she was just like, I've had enough. I thought she was more willing to kind of say stuff than Harry, which makes sense. It is his family after all. But I think it was really cute how he said she saved his life and she said he saved hers. Um, Yeah, excited to kind of see what they do. I kind of hope they keep speaking out because I'm so interested. I I can't get enough of this. I'm waiting to see if the royal palace, whatever the hell you refer to it as, if they make a statement of sorts, um, I'll be interested to see. Okay, guys, I need to, me and my chapped lips need to go find some chapstick. <laughs> I like feel the pieces oh like my God. stabbing me. The worst. It's like that time of the year. I don't know what's going on with me today. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. If you, if you are a first time listener, don't forget to subscribe. I have um, episodes that go live every single Tuesday and I have some awesome awesome guests lined up I'll I'll tease it here someone from The Bachelor someone from Vanderpump Rules I have a really cool functional medicine doctor coming on the topics are endless and um, I absolutely love the tea tribe so oh another call to action if you guys want to be a part of my Facebook group the link is in my bio on Instagram TikTok wherever I have a link Um, just like-minded women some men talking about the types of topics that we talk about here on Tea with Publicity. My merch is also linked. You could buy my self-care club sweatsuit or whatever else tickles your fancy. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Just as always, leave me five stars. A written review is really appreciated. And keep DMing me. I love connecting with you guys. 